it's incredible to me that Hockey Canada has reopened their own story this morning by uh, putting out a statement that they are going to change. Now, sorry, but I'm a cynic. I really do believe because this story had kind of quietly gone away. I believe this is all about funding and the fact that they've had funding pulled from the government and sponsorship and they want that money back. So in order to get it back, they have to prove or show that they are doing the work. And it's, hey, it's important work. There's no two ways about it. Uh, I'm not going to argue that these changes might not work, but they are reopening an investigation into the alleged sexual assault by eight members of the 2018 National Junior Team. Pretty horrific story. It was alleged that uh, one of the guys basically brought this woman back to his room and then invited seven other men in, and they were young men, but they were men, right, into the room. Uh, they had their way with her, and then they made her, she was drunk, they made her um, video, allegedly made her videotape uh, consent video, and then take a shower. And so she um, launched a suit, it was settled, and there was a non-disclosure agreement uh signed and there was money changed hands and then the feds heard about this and they're like wait 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 it was some of that our taxpayer dollars what's going on here and so the, the heads of hockey canada were called to ottawa and they had to talk about what happened and uh they're still in place by the way this time the changes when the investigation uh used to be you know if you if you wanted to opt out of talking to the investigators you could now participation by all players is mandatory so i have questions about this first of all i wonder if the things that the hockey canada released in their statement the changes of creating uh a tip line that's confidential a complaint um arm or or um, you know organization um, that you could go to, people that you could go to safely and anonymously and complain about things going on uh, is going to create change. I also wonder if this new investigation will create change, lasting change. And if some of the players who are in the NHL, because we've heard that some of these players may now be playing with the NHL that were involved in this alleged assault, if there'll be any ramifications for their career. Is this a career ender? I can't see how you'd still be able to play. But, you know, maybe it's not going to result in a, a criminal charge or a court case. But then there's the uh, NDA. So I want to talk about what a non-disclosure agreement is. Just to get to the bottom of this, Chantel Goldsmith joins us, senior partner at Sanfira to Markin LLP. Chantel, what we're going to talk about is non-disclosure agreements. I think we should start off with what exactly is an NDA? Sure. Um, thanks for having me on today, Kelly. So um, an NDA is a legal document used to protect confidentiality and it establishes a confidential relationship between the parties okay so who's served most by the nda the, the party that presents it or the person that signs it i mean it depends on the circumstances but i mean usually a little bit of both right i mean the whole idea is that people sign these ndas um with the assurance that anything that they may say that's sensitive in nature or confidential in nature isn't going to be made available to other people so that's the whole reason that you sign an nda it's interesting because um, no one was charged criminally in this situation, but, it, you know, it's an alleged rape situation. Uh, rape is a crime. Um, it, but I understand that NDAs are not used in criminal cases. They're only used in civil cases. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. So um, generally anything that's criminal in nature, an NDA doesn't protect and that would allow um, disclosure of such to the police or the courts or whatever may, may need to be the case. 
So if this investigation results with uh, more people coming forward and uh, criminal charges being laid against some people, the NDA could be broken. It's, it's potential. Yes, it could. And I mean, the ramifications of breaking an NDA are that um, parties could be sued and they could look for financial remedies or damages. Because, again, this is more civil in nature, right? So that's where that protection would come from. Is an NDA always accompanied by a payout? Um, no, not necessarily. I mean, sometimes people sign NDAs for things like when they're purchasing a business or when they want to do some more, um, like, looking into matters to get more due diligence in there and stuff like that. It's just really to protect the confidentiality of a relationship between parties. It doesn't necessarily have to be as a result of um, an investigation like this. And how common are NDAs? Oh, extremely common. And I mean, the the... Especially, so, I mean, this NDA doesn't sound like it's a release. It sounds like it's just protecting the confidential information of the party. So it's, mm-hmm. it's very standard in, in, in a lot of commercial ventures that NDAs are signed. It's really interesting. Anything else you want to um, cover on NDAs that you think we may not have touched on? Because, I mean, right now we're just going through the Coles notes of what an NDA is and, you know, how they could be broken. But if there's anything outstanding that you think we should um, address, I'd love to hear it from you. Well, well, for me, the biggest thing that um, I got from this article was the fact that now the feds are looking to have a, a redacted copy of this NDA be provided to them. So this is a huge thing because that means that this is going to be essentially um, breaking that trust between the parties who execute that NDA, that, that sensitive information wouldn't be coming forward, that is now going to be brought forward. So that may make others more fearful about coming forward about any sort of sensitive information or executing these NDAs with the knowledge knowing that it's potential that that information could be released to others at a later date. That really is interesting. And also, too, something that I wanted to add with regards to this this whole case is, or this whole um, investigation, pardon me, investigation, is I agree with you. I think that that Hockey Canada... um, by freezing the funds is the only reason uh, it, uh, the federal government by freezing the funds is the only reason that uh, Hockey Canada has reopened this investigation because they're worried about the money, right? I mean, I believe they were getting, what was it? Something like um, $14 million in 2020 and 2021 from the federal government with regards to funding. And so that's a huge amount of money. And that's the reason that they probably want to look into this matter. And the reason that they likely are saying that this wasn't um, a fulsome investigation was because only 12 to 13 out of the 19 players were actually um, interviewed as part of the investigation. And it wasn't, they weren't compelled to, to testify or weren't compelled to participate in the investigation. So that's a huge thing as well. And I think that that's the change that they're looking to also have that compelling them to um to participate in the investigation, as well as I believe that the NHL has also opened an investigation into this matter for the individuals who are now um, playing in that league who yeah, they uh, were part of this. So yeah, I think right. that we're going to see more come out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't the end, for sure. And it sounds like there is positive news in the in light of um, the changes that they're going to be implementing. So that's really good about the sexual violence and consent training, um, about the third-party review of the organization's governance about becoming a signatory to the office of the integrity commissioner. But what hockey Canada has said right now is they've confirmed that they're going to agree to be a signatory to the office of the integrity commissioner, but they have not said that they're going to provide the redacted NDA. So I believe that today's most recent letter had said that that's what they're going to agree to do. And, but so we don't know what's going to come out of that yet. 
Okay, well, let me ask you this, Chantel, before I let you go. You mentioned that the NDA, uh, if they uh, reopen it and see the see what the NDA actually contained that this woman signed that was offered to her by Hockey Canada, and, you know, then she received a settlement, uh, the woman that was, you know, uh, allegedly the victim in this situation. Um, you said you were concerned that, you know, if it's reopened, people may not come forward in the future. Is it possible, though, if it is reopened and this woman actually... Uh, this results in a criminal case and that we see people actually being held to account criminally for what is a alleged crime that took place. If we see that happen, could that not have the the actual converse effect of what you're talking about? Might more people come forward and say, well, you know, I signed this NDA, but it was, you know, I was kind of fearful and I, I, at the time and now actually I feel empowered. So, so the NDA was, I wasn't meaning that it would be, um, stopping victims or survivors from coming forward. It was more, um, with regards to people providing testimony. So the NDA okay. would also have been signed by all of the players who are providing their, um, their testimony with regards to the investigation. And so the concern is for the people, the potential witnesses coming forward and having that information disclosed. I don't think that it's going to stop victims or survivors from coming forward, though. And the, the victim or survivor in this case would have signed something also upon settlements, which would have been a release document, meaning that that individual wouldn't be able to go back after Hockey Canada or any of the individual players or anybody else in relation to that incident upon receipt of the whatever the agreed upon settlement was. So she would have signed a separate document beyond just the NDA. Would that hold water if, if there was a, a crime that was uh, somebody was charged with a crime and that they needed her to testify? Not on a criminal matter. It would only protect a civil matters going forward and it would mean that she wouldn't be able to press any charges so she couldn't go out Uh, to the police and ask them to do it uh, but the police could do it on their own accord Chantel you've been listen you've been a wealth of information uh on NDAs thank you so much for joining us my absolute pleasure have a great day Kelly all right you too Chantel Goldsmith is a senior partner at Sanfuer to Mark and LLP who knew